We got the biggest vagina in the game. <laughs> okay, okay, who came up with vagina? I think I did. You gave well, your, you uh, okay, you, okay, you, okay, you vagina okay, yourself. Okay. No, we're back backstory here. So one time I was at Trader Joe's or somewhere else shopping, and I had to show my ID for something, and they're like, "Oh, Garrett Jiner." And they actually called they, you. Gi- they called me Garrett Jiner, and I was just—I was, I was laughing about it. <laughs> so then I was just thinking, I was like, I might just roll with it and just go with Garrett Vaginer. Why not? That's hilarious. Yeah. So Vaginerman, that's me. Oh, okay. I see you stream. Yeah. And then people comment, Garrett Vaginer, Garrett Vaginer, and I thought it was like someone just talking shit, and then you ran with it. Yeah. But it's well, funny. You, it's, so you it's, brought it's, it into the mix. I turned. I brought it in, and then now it's turned to the point because I'll just say it casually. I'm like, oh, like if I'm playing Sashner Skater XL, it's like, oh. Trick tips with Garrett Vagina. Like, I won't even, like, uh, like say it's a joke or anything, obviously. Right. So now you have people that think that's actually my name. Yeah. So then you have people come and think, wait, his name's really Vagina? Like, there's no way. And I'm like, no. That's it's hilarious. not actually Vagina. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's a brief history <laughs> on today's special guest. Super dope skater. Crazy dope gamer. His streams are super entertaining. Thank you. And he's got mad skills in the games he plays, which include all the skateboarding games. Today's special guest has also done a bunch of really dope videos with me before in the past. Obviously, has already done. No, we've done a bunch of dope videos in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, we're about to. About to. But yeah, he was uh, Michael Myers in the Halloween Kills the Barracks video. Mm-hmm. He was Santa Claus in How the Grinch Stole the Barracks Christmas video. Was the skater that I captured all the sounds to make the skateboard hip-hop beat. And then also then made a different beat for the song Can't Stop My Grind. Garrett Jenner is a beast. Hey, he hey, is today's it's Garrett Vagina. It's Garrett oh, Vagina. Today's, <laughs> today's special guest, Garrett Vagina. Garrett Jenner. Yes. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's early. It's good. Yeah, bro, okay, so I was like, hey, man, when are you free to do the podcast? And you said 10 a.m. Saturday? And first off, I'm like, I don't ever wake up this early in the first place i'm like god damn 10 a.m what well, t- see 10 a.m is like late what, what time you, late for you like 10 a.m if i were to wake up at 10 my day is gone what like i like 10 a.m is like late to get something started in my opinion damn well not only is that like 10 a.m to wake up but it's no 10 a.m to start the podcast meaning i gotta get up earlier than 10 a.m yeah that's late plus, the, the only excuse is if you're doing work until like three in the morning because in that case like oh, well, yeah, you know no, what that, I mean? that's me okay yeah, yeah. yeah i'm up my average is like 4 to 5 a.m., sometimes 6 a.m. Yeah, so in that case, 10 a.m. is early. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, I, like last night, I was asleep by 9.45, 10. Damn, like Grandpa. I was, I, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was out. Do you wear a nightgown? <laughs> no, I wear, I wear the, uh, the gauntlet sleeping the, 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 the cover. The, the, the sleeping, um... <laughs> What's it called? Sleeping mask? Eye mask? Yeah, I think that's, that sounds all right. Cover? Sounds about right. How many things are you working on throughout the week? Like, because you, you grind a lot, like... Not only skateboarding, mm-hmm. but also in your gaming content, in your vlog content. You have two YouTube channels. Yeah. For now, we're working on some more. Damn. That's a wink. I don't know how What is wink. it going to be? It's a secret. Top a- secret confidential. No, I actually... I mean, is, it, to, is it car related? To, to be completely honest, I don't know. I have a couple ideas that I'm juggling, but I'm the type of person that I'm like an all-in or nothing type of person. Yeah. So if I am, like when I do start this channel... Do I want to go, like, fully-fledged car content? Do I want to go fully-fledged tech channel? That's not my idea. I was just using... No, I don't, uh, bro, I like, don't care. Using I, you as an example. I don't, I don't own the tech space, bro. But you, 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 you know, know what I mean? Be like, if you gotta ask for permission. <laughs> like, hey, can I, can I start a tech channel? No, do what you but, want, um, homie. I do... I mean, because a lot of it's for me, and I think I've talked about this, uh, like, openly on social media... 
But like, I don't want to be heavily niched in one section, mm -hmm. which is part of the reason I started a gaming channel. Like that was more of just a COVID quarantine. Like what the fuck am I going to do with my life? Let's just do this for fun. It had no plans to be monetized or stuff like that. Yeah. But even that, like I ended up niched in a skateboard niche. So it's like my, my main YouTube channel, skateboarding, my gaming YouTube channel somehow ended up in skateboarding, skateboarding games. Um, so it's like now if I get injured, I guess the gaming channel is fine, but like I want something completely almost not tied to me. Like, a fresh start, almost. Um, just as, like, multiple streams of income, multiple... Yeah. Like, a backup plan. I didn't go to college. I'm fucked if this doesn't work out. You're super talented. Thank you. You're a smart dude. Uh, and you have a charismatic personality. Well, I mean, you've been killing it. There's no reason why you... What? Huh? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you, uh, you have a lot to entertain people with. Mm -hmm. um, your car stuff, even, too. I know that you've done like you you post about it a good amount, um, and it seems like people get really hyped on that part too. Even though like the majority of your audience didn't really come from cars. I mean that's that's the thing is that when I I'm trying to figure out a way to say this without sounding like a fucking cocky Bro, asshole. You, but you like can pat yourself on the back, it's all good. I'll, I'll say it while I'm patting myself on the back. There you go. Um, that no, that's how you make it an yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I like, I, I feel like I can make something that my audience isn't interested in at all somewhat entertaining. Yeah. But the reason that I get scared to run with that is because the reason it's entertaining is because there's actual passion behind it. Of For course. example, like, I went on a, a spree with my RC drift cars. Yeah. Where that's pretty much, like, I, w I wouldn't even be skating. i just posting RC drift content. And, like, people really fucked with it. But, like, no one's ever, like, half these people hadn't been interested in that in the, in the past, you know? Um... Which, so, by the way, I, I saw a bunch of your stories on that. They look fucking awesome. It's sick, huh? Bro, they look so fun. <laughs> but the, the thing with that is, like, part of me almost wanted to... Uh, I was, like, thinking, like, what if I made an RC Drift channel? Like, my brain always goes to, like, yeah. how can I monetize this? But then that can take away from that whole actual passion-based interest in it. Yeah, because these things that we love to do, and then we create content on it, right? Like, you more skateboarding and gaming... I tried the gaming thing, but like, I mean, I'm still, I still want to like do it eventually more, but it's like, I just love playing games and like for me getting into like a, like, and I have the full setup and everything, but just to like really get everything ready for the gaming game, uh, like live stream right. or something like that. To me, it became kind of like exhausting. To no, to it's, I, it's, I talk it's, about this openly too, is it's the same thing with skating. It's the same thing with gaming. No matter how much you like gaming, no matter how much you like skating, Streaming in front of a live audience is different than gaming by yourself or yeah. with homies. Like even if you like it, it's different. Yeah. Same with skating. Like I love skating. I love vlogging. I love filming. Every now and then, it's nice to not have a camera and just fucking skate. Yeah. Like it's 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 a different vibe. Yeah. So for me, like the gaming was like you know what? I think I prefer this just being with the homies and just yeah. chilling. And so I could see like if there's a like a hobby like RCs that you really love that could be like oh man i don't want to taint it with exactly. having to make it a, a job yeah that's the that's the battle yeah and and i imagine that happens with the other interests of yours as well right like yeah i mean that being said garrett jenner rc searched up one no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's um especially too now because i've gone through okay i've been doing youtube since 2012 yeah so that's you know that that's pretty much my childhood yeah and every child like you, you grew you, up as a youtuber yeah so like you you give a 16 year old kid youtube money they're gonna turn into a douchebag or at yeah, least i did most of the um, time yeah so it's like going through my youtube career i've gone through so many different stages of like the young dumb douchey kid with money and then 
I've kind of matured and realized, and as cliche as this sounds, like money doesn't buy happiness. Because when I was making the most money on YouTube was when I was the least happy right. and like the worst mental health. Um, so as I get older and I continue doing YouTube, you can see my content style change. And now it's pretty much at the point where I'm saying like, I don't care about the views, which like is something I'm working on because deep down I still do. Like if a video does bad, like on the YouTube ranking, like it, this video is 10 out of 10, I'll, like, it'll ruin my day. And I'm really trying to disassociate my brain with numbers equaling happiness because that is that's so unhealthy yeah but it's because i've been doing youtube since i was a like kid in high school that it's like hardwired into my brain yeah but as i get older I'm and, and to be real it, it does equate to some financial success as well exactly and, like, and that's that's the hardest part is i can make the like if there was no money involved I don't think I would care about views. Like, I have I used to. I used to be like, I want this post to get 10,000 likes because that'll make me cool. So I'm past that. But now it's to the point where, you know, I, I have a mortgage to pay. So it's like, yeah, I don't care about the views, but I do care but about my house not getting foreclosed. Like, I care about the financials behind it. Right. But then that gets in the dangerous territory of, like, I really, really, really don't want to upload something just for the money. Right. Like, yes, I need the financial gain from it, but it still needs to be passion-based. Yeah. And that's what I care about. So, like, I've been doing iPhone vlogs, just literally what's fun with no, like, I'm not chasing views like I used to. I'm not chasing trends. I just go out, film a vlog on my iPhone, post on YouTube, yeah. and trying not to care if it doesn't There's more do well. freedom in that. Uh, there's way more free. It's and, so much more enjoyable. And more inner peace. Definitely. The least amount of money I've ever been making, but the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. So that, that's where we're at now. I've been around a bunch of YouTubers who, similar situations, and just super unhappy, man. Yeah. So, like, like, I literally would feel, like, they would ask me to, come be in their videos or whatever and like i just see i, I could see i was like man I, I feel bad for you right like yeah you have all this money um but you're miserable yeah and i just i was like damn like there's got to be a, like a way you can still keep going without being this miserable and i think it's just that i think it's like you have to let yourself get a little uncomfortable with okay there's gonna be a small dip in views or a noticeable dip yeah. in views but is it still sustainable like is it still enough views that you can still maybe change your budget a little bit and now and ma make it work but yeah, be happier. Exactly. So and something I, else I do want to say that because I feel like myself and a lot of because a lot of creators go through the exact same emotions. Um, it's not complaining because I've talked about this pretty openly on streams and things and people are like, dude, you literally skate and make YouTube for videos for a living. How can you be complaining? And that, but that's it, people that don't even have I, enough I, life I, experience yeah, to like it's, understand. It's still, it does get to me because all when I'm going through these like mental dips when I'm super unhappy. I will almost get mad at myself for thinking like, dude, I own a house in LA. I get to skate and make videos for a living. Why the fuck am I unhappy? And like, I'll, I'll, I'll recognize myself thinking that. And then they'll make me even more bummed because I'm like, like I, I have the perfect life. Why am I complaining? Um, but I think what people and what I tell myself too need to realize is that I'm sure, you know, I'm trying to think of super rich people, Jeff Bezos, uh, like the elite people to us, they have the perfect life. They are completely financially free, no issues whatsoever. But I'm sure they have their own demons that they're battling, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, it's the saying, money doesn't buy happiness. Yeah. I think everyone, no matter what their position is in life, will have something they want to work on or something they want to deal with. Yeah. So, Because I love what I do. I wouldn't switch it out for anything. Right. That being said, I'm still going to complain about shit. <laughs> I still have stuff I want to work through. No matter what you love, when there is a forced routine aspect... Mm -hmm. that, that's what It's the forced part of it that... 
It's like, I have to, 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 I can't take a break. I can't stop. I I gotta go, I gotta go. And then sometimes you just want to like chill, but you're like, oh no, I got these deadlines. I have this schedule that everyone's already used to. So they're expecting this. And so there's a lot of pressure that people don't really think about, but. Well, I've always talked about this too, where if you work a a nine to five somewhere, you get vacation days, right? You get to clock out. Yeah. I think social media is toxic. You're Um, aware and you acknowledge it. Yeah. Because like you have a nine to five, you can clock out, you get vacation days. Whereas the most toxic thing as a YouTube creator, as a content creator is the algorithms rely so heavily on consistency. Like if you want to make it as a Twitch streamer, you got to stream like eight hours a day, seven days a week. Whereas I think my mental health would be a lot better. Well, it is better now. But like ba- like back then, I think my mental health would be a lot better if I could just take a week off and like go to the woods and camp. Yeah. But like you can't do that. Yeah. Because you have daily. You got to meet your daily upload quota. You got to stream on this. You got to post four stories a day. Um. So it's like burnout is so much more real when you can't take a break. Obviously. And I 100% agree with you, by the way, with social media being overall toxic. Yeah. I feel you end up kind of being like this a slave to to this to the algorithm totally which just every single year seems to be more and more demanding it, it really like it, it really really is because yeah. before it was like you should try to post what like the youtube algorithm wants one video a week yeah and now it's like okay it wants one video a day it wants three shorts per day you're supposed to post on your community tab once every two days it's like it's and then so the worst much. part about that is that it's not just YouTube. It's now like Instagram, have, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, bro, it's LinkedIn, like, whatever. And then you got to do the 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 shorts or yeah. the stories of all of those platforms. Yeah. So the Facebook stories, the Instagram stories, yeah. the YouTube shorts. It's just it's exhausting. The reason that I originally started saying social media is so toxic is from a social media consumer's perspective. You see. I'm not going to name names, obviously, but you see these young people, 16, 17, 18, driving their Ferraris around in their mansions with their giant pool in their backyard, and they're making it seem like being an influencer is this perfect life. Like, everything's fake. It's the same thing, like, with, like, rap music, especially, like, at the height of, like, bling and cars and this and that, but, like, a lot of that shit, those motherfuckers weren't happy, too. Exactly. So that's why I was saying, like, I think the right way to do social media is just not be fake. Um, in the sense where it's like, I'll make YouTube videos where I'm like doing nothing. Like I'm not making it look like I live this glamorous celebrity LA lifestyle. Cause I don't, I'm just a dude. Like I'll fucking vlog me going to the DMV and sitting there. You know what I mean? And I think being honest about mental health, being honest about things that people can relate to because you're a normal human separates you from these toxic celebrity influencers that that just, cause if you see someone living this perfect amazing lavish lifestyle it's gonna make you feel that much shittier about yourself because you're like wait i'm not doing this like i have to go to school i have to work a job i have to do like normal human things so you get so oversaturated with this fake and it's fake like these influencers don't do that every day they're picking the good data show yeah um you're so oversaturated by this a lot fake of the shit, shit that these influencers are posting are rented. Yeah, re- rented cars, rented Airbnb, for yeah. sure. So it's like I, my goal with social media is to be open that most things you see are fake. To, to personally, what I want to do is be real, you know, show what I actually do, show what my life is actually like. Yeah. I don't want to put out anything fake um, and just kind of live life. And maybe that, maybe that's just, I'm biased because that's what I do, but I think that's a healthier way to do social media. No, for media. sure. I mean, I think, like, a lot of what you're saying is, like, also, to what, like, Gary Vee says, and mm-hmm. I don't think he's a corny dude at all. Like, I hate when people are like, oh, Gary Vee's so corny. It's like, this dude's, like, literally speaking facts. You yeah. just don't get it yet, you know? Um, but, yeah, but, I, like, I agree with that fully, man. I feel like people just need to 
relax on it a bit. But there is like a level of if you want to attain financial success through these pathways, it does require go, 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 go. Well, and, and there's there's two sides to every story. And yeah. You know, some people on the polar opposite of what I just said, they only want to see that lavish lifestyle because that's what they want to work towards. Or maybe they do live this boring, mundane life and they want to get out of that and escape that. So they watch someone living a lavish life, not because they want to be them, but because it takes them out of their reality. Right. So there are two sides to every story. I personally enjoy relatable content. Right. Then you know, something that I'll never attain. Yeah. But that, I mean, like I said, everyone's different. That's just my, my views. Aside from all this content that you're creating and spending all this time on social media to kind of keep everything in people's faces, all the different things you're doing, like, how much are you skating now? Not as much as I'd like, but that's not at all because of social media. I, my back's just been acting up. I've back yeah, problems. you uh, talk, talk about being a grandpa. <laughs> now, now I have back problems. I saw you're walking in your car. I don't know why you didn't bring it. I know. I yeah. let the, the tennis balls on the yeah, on the yeah, on the feet yeah, of it. Yeah, so you don't slip. Yeah. <laughs> you were in the Halloween Kills the Barracks video, and you were kind of having issues a little bit. Then mm -hmm. I remember you mentioned, and then when we did the Santa Claus one, like you said, you like you were like, man, like my back is really bugging. Yeah. And then uh, a couple times I was like, do you want to reschedule? And you're like, no, nah, I'll just take some extra like pain pills. Yeah. And you toughed through it, man. You were dropping bangers, but like, do you? Was there a, a specific? fall or or incident that kind of damaged your back no or? so it's it's uh from what i've been told i've never i i don't go to i've never been to a doctor about it but i've been to chiropractors and physical therapists and stuff like that and it's been narrowed down to sciatica mm. are you familiar with it at all yeah so it's I, like, I have a little bit of it okay so yeah it's it's technically a chronic painness a pain painness no, it's not. It's just a chronic pain. Yeah, that's, that's the word. It's a, it's a penis. I have a it's big a, penis. Yeah. <laughs> a very thick yeah. penis. I have a deep, dark penis. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I was saying is, uh, I think it's because I was 4'11 in high school, yeah. freshman year, and I grew, I'm 5'11. I like to round up to six feet. Um, but I, I grew a lot. I grew a foot very quickly. So I think that messed up a lot of stuff in my back. Yeah. Um, so because of that, I, I'd like I'll have a uh, like chronic slip disc that pinches my sciatic nerve. Mm -hmm. um, so like today, I mean I guess I can't stand up, but um, today it's on my left side. Yesterday it was on my right side. It's just oh, so a, you get it on both sides. Yeah. I got it just on my left. Okay, yeah. So it's normally like I've had it for probably five, six years now, um, and sometimes it'll last months to where I can't even get into a car. I can't. Damn. It hurts to walk and. You know, up until about four months ago, I was completely pain free for two years. Really? Um, so it's like super, did, super, did you super pay off attention and on. to like maybe what you were doing differently? A lot of it can stem down, a stem from sitting, mm. like being inactive, which makes sense that it's flaring up recently because it's been so hot that I haven't been skating and I've been sitting in my office chair. So editing. when you're physically active, you feel it less. Yeah, but then the polar opposite happens where if I'm too active. Mm. To the point where like my muscles are sore, my muscles tense up and then repinch the nerve, so it makes yeah. it worse. Um, but yeah, I want to go to like a specialist, someone that specializes in just sciatica, not just like a general physical therapist or a, a general penis specialist. Yeah, I'm a penis <laughs> specialist, exactly. <laughs> hey, doc, look at my penis. <laughs> yeah, I, excuse me, doc, I got a big penis. Can you help me out? <laughs> They're like, pull your pants down. No, 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 no that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, I've been battling that for a while. Um, kind of sucks. But yeah, no, man, that's tough. How do you kind of just push through that, or how, like, what do you do? You kind of rearrange your schedule. Do you change things? Like, how does it affect you? Yeah, so it it's 
it sucks. Um, and there's not too much to do about it. Sometimes, like when we were filming the barracks stuff, sometimes once I get active and start skating, it will loosen up and I'll mm. start. I'll be able to push through the pain. Sometimes it's as simple as taking like three Advil and it'll make it bearable. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it goes the opposite where it'll be okay and then I'll start being active and then it'll flare up and make it worse. Damn. So it really is like just getting in a route. Like stretching's huge. I, I'm doing like stretches every single morning. And that's also something that is probably part of the reason it's been worse is because I, I stretch all the time before I skate. <clears throat> but if I don't skate, I'm not stretching. So that's a routine I've been trying to get into is regardless of, of, of being active or not, I got to stretch. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that'll help a lot, which is what I've been trying to do recently. Um, but in terms of like what it gets in the way of like everything, I'm also open about it. Like in my YouTube videos, if there's a handrail, I want to skate, I'd be like, Hey, I want to do this and I can't, it's a great excuse too. I can get out of a lot of stuff. Dang. I would, I would trade flip nose one El Toro, but Oh my back, it's just killing me today. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, you started skating how old? I don't know the age I started skateboarding, but I know that my first sponsor video um, I put out when I was nine. Did your dad help you edit that video? or who? Or, or, or I think so. I know my dad filmed it. I'm assuming he edited it. There's no way a little nine-year-old said he did like, it. Like, he videotaped if, weddings. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he videotaped weddings, and he kind of like introduced you into video editing. I don't remember the editing side of things for some reason. Like, I don't... When I was, there's no way nine-year-old me was editing YouTube videos, so I'm assuming he would just piece them together. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he introduced me to the world of cameras for sure. Like, he had, a, like, one of the camcorders with tape and everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he introduced me to cameras, and then once GoPros came around, because I was filming videos on his wedding camera, and then the first GoPro came out, and I got one of those for Christmas or something. Sick. And I used that for years and years and years yeah. for all my YouTube videos. So your YouTube videos, were they, did they start off skateboarding? Yeah, for your first. Yeah, yeah. so my my social media journey started on Facebook, and this was pre YouTube. So there, well, either there wasn't YouTube yet, or no one knew of YouTube yet. Um, and it was Facebook and MySpace were the two big social media platforms. And yeah, I would take my GoPro, I'd film. It, it wasn't a YouTube video. It was I would film me doing a trick. So it's a. 14 second video of me landing a kickflip a 10 second video of me doing a front eye 180 yeah. and I would just take those and post them to Facebook like you would a profile picture or something like that just post on your wall you know so you um, post them as a Facebook video yeah I would post them as Facebook videos and then I was doing that for and I just just to my friends like how many mm-hmm. friends I have on Facebook and then my friend Jack um, was like dude there's this platform called YouTube and it's like Facebook but just for videos I was like, whoa, no way. And this was before monetization. Like, there was no money to be made. You could have millions of subscribers. There's, it's not monetizable yet. Um, so I was like, sick. So I started posting my skate videos on YouTube. And again, all my first videos were 15-second, 20-second clips of me doing one trick. Um, and, you know, then it escalated to a one-minute line of me doing, you know, a line at the skate park. Bro, a one-minute line is long. <laughs> well, it, it, it wasn't like a cool yeah. one-minute line. It was like... At a skate park. Like 40 me- seconds of it was just you pushing? Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I'd, I'd do a trick. I'd pick my board up and then stand in the corner for a little bit because I didn't know how to cut the clip up and then I'd do another trick. <laughs> so that, that, was what, that, is, that was what it turned into. And then I think I watched Janowski's How to Tray Flip video mm. on YouTube because he was, he was like the, one of the first trick tips on YouTube. And I was trying to learn how to travel about the time. That's such an iconic video. I still, yeah, that's a great video. Um, but I watched that 20 times a day trying to learn how to tray flip. And I was inspired. I was like, wait, you can like teach people how to do tricks. So I made a how to kickflip video 
on YouTube. And again, pre-monetization, pre-anything, pre-YouTubers. It was just yeah. people uploading videos. And at this point, that you have steezy kickflips? I mean, I I don't Your skating think so. decent? It was, I mean, decent, maybe. Yeah. I, I was also super young, so maybe that was part of the appeal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I made a how to trick to, or how to kickflip video, and it got, like, a thousand views. And I had, like, four subscribers. It my mom, dad, and my grandparents. So when a video gets a thousand views, I'm like, dude, a thousand people saw this. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So I took that. I was like, okay, let's do it. How to pop shove it. How to front 180. How to tray flip. How to hard flip. Like, that's dope that you saw that yeah. quickly. So I, I started doing all these, these trick tips. And then the kickflip video got like 5,000 views, 10,000. It's kept growing and growing and growing. Then it hit 100,000 views. Then I started getting subscribers and people saying like, hey, can you do a trick tip on this trick? Hey, can you do it on this trick? Um, so people always ask me like now, current day, like, would you ever think about doing trick tips? And I'm like, dude, that's what my channel started on. Like, I love that shit. Yeah. I, would, I would happily do that again. Um, but yeah, then just kind of been with YouTube since then. And just the evolution of it went from kind of nothing just free for all post whatever you want it can be a one second clip it can be a 10 minute clip whatever to all of a sudden youtube starts favoring longer videos which at the time was like three minutes three, right. min three minutes was longer yeah um so that's when i would kind of that that's like when i accidentally got into the clickbaity titles like they before clickbait was a thing um with the exception, the one phase of YouTube that I vividly remember was the Rickroll phase. Oh, do you, do you yeah. remember that? When you'd, you'd look up Trey Flip El Toro, yeah. and it would be a Photoshop thumbnail, and you click it, it's just a Rickroll. Yeah. That was a, those are the golden days of YouTube. Um, Classic. Yeah, like, I would post videos like, the world's longest manual, when it was me doing, like, a 25-foot manual at the skate park. Because in, in my head, I was like, what would someone search? Oh, this. Okay, cool. I'm going to title it that. I know. So like, <laughs> I, see, I, I was, I was now, the original clickbaiter. Now, <laughs> you master clickbaiter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the master baiter. <laughs> I'm the master baiter with the big penis. <laughs> what were the comments like? What were the, like, were people like, what the fuck is this? I don't really remember, but I think... You're just like, fuck that, 100,000 views. Yeah, no, I, I think it was pretty positive because i think you know it was new to everyone then so it was like i'm sure i got hate comments but for the most part it was pretty overwhelmingly positive um because i think at that time like if you're on youtube you want to watch videos mm. or now kind of everyone has a youtube and you'll get shoved a video in your face you don't even want to see you'll like, you're not even on youtube anymore like you're literally like your phone will be off and then you get a notification yeah, literally, literally. New YouTube video yeah so no i think it was pretty positive um and that was I think those years, which was probably, what, 2014, maybe even longer, those were, like, probably my favorite years in YouTube because you couldn't make money off YouTube, so it was never even a thought. Every single video I posted was because I wanted to post it. I wanted to post it. There was no, not even a chance of money. That wasn't even a thought, you know? Um, but then they introduced monetization and the partner program and all that, and then I checked my account and I had like 27 cents. And I was like, dude, I posted a skate video and I got fucking 27 cents. Like, Damn, that's sick. That is sick. Um, and the, the minimum payout was 100 bucks. And I was like, okay, it'll take like 18 years to <laughs> collect 100 bucks. I got this shit. I'm going to pursue it. Um, but yeah, then uh, I, think, I think it was that how to kickflip video. Once, it, once I was able to monetize my channel, it was monetized and it kind of kept collecting. And then I saw... $14 in my account, then $28, and I was still doing trick tips and other stuff, and then I remember the, the, I remember what my eyeballs saw, but I don't remember the date or the story or anything like that, but I saw $100 and I think 27 cents in my dashboard, and I was like, I hit the threshold, I can get paid, and 
at that time they sent physical checks. There was no direct deposit or yeah. anything like that. So I got my physical YouTube check for a hundred dollars and twenty seven cents in the mail, and I like held it up, and it was like an epiphany moment. I was like, wait, and it was like glowing. Yeah, it, it, like I opened up, and it actually like shined light on my face. No, um, I was like, dude, this is something like I can do. Yeah, you know, um. Yeah, then it all went downhill from there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then obviously you can't survive off $100 every eight months. Um, so I was getting a little bit older at this time. I was in high school. I got a job at a skate shop. Uh, and that's I was still living at home, so I didn't have a rent or anything like that. Um, but I was kept grinding YouTube. And over a couple years, it was to the point where now it was like maybe like 300 bucks every month, which yeah. was fair, especially yeah. when we don't have rent or expenses. Like I was collecting money, um, still working at the skate shop. And then I took the leap of faith, which I say that lightly because like the boss, like the owner of the skate shop's like a homie. So I quit to pursue YouTube. But like if it didn't work out, I'd just be like, hey, can I have a job again? He'd be sure. He'd say sure. You know, so it wasn't like this crazy risk. Um, but I told him I was. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna try to do this and like do it full time. Yeah. And it picked the fuck up. Like over that next year, what changed now that you left the job? Were you posting more frequently? Yeah, I was. Oh, okay. I, dude, I did. I did two videos every day. Damn. For I think a year. And then I did daily for two years. Wow. Yeah. So I was just mass producing and, content. And what, okay. So two videos a day. What were you doing every day? Like, like was it more like, trick tips or like what just were you doing? Nothing, like nothing. You're just sitting there, I would you, make. I could make. You're I, just sitting there holding onto your penis. I, yeah, <laughs> I could have made a 15 minute video out of this podcast of like just behind the scenes. Like I would just. So you were just posting up just everything like and anything. Mass producing content. Well, um, so it wasn't all skating. I would say it was skating. Um, so it, okay, it revolved around skating. So like some of them did. Some of them. I, the, all the videos are private now because I look back on them and they're terrible. Yeah. Um, but some of them were just nothing. Like, I, I'd still find a way to clickbait it. But like, world's biggest rubber band ball. I made that video. I just made a fucking rubber band ball and I posted on YouTube and it got like forty thousand views. Wow. Um, so I was doing two of those every day and just, just putting out as much content as I could. And um, yeah. Then a year or two of that and like. I was getting like twenty, thirty thousand dollar checks from YouTube every month. Wow! Um, and now, that, how, how big was the rubber band ball? <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> it was really small. Nowhere near the biggest. It was, it was like all the rubber bands that my mom had in her cabinet or something. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a bigger penis in the ball. Yeah, I have a bigger penis in the ball for sure. That's hilarious, man. Were you sponsored by anybody when you were growing up, or you kind of just kept doing everything on YouTube, skateboarding wise? That's where things got weird, because then. Especially back then, before people were putting out Instagram clips, like everything was saved for a part. You know, yeah, but, but it was very sacred. Like, yeah. if you filmed clips, nobody saw it. Exactly. Until it was like, here's a full blown edited part. Yeah. So, but then you'd have the, the skate YouTubers that would just post these clips on Instagram, and people were like, what are you doing? Like, you're, what? Save that for a part or something. So that, that was like frowned upon. But then the weird part about being, because I was a skateboarder far before I ever did YouTube. Yeah. You know, YouTube was just my way of posting my skate clips. But then, you know, companies and brands started realizing that we get eyeballs. Like, people watch our videos so, like, they can advertise with us. So then it was always the weird thing, because I, I, I wanted to get sponsored for as long as I've been skating. So then I have companies hit me up that wanted to sponsor me. But in reality, they just want my YouTube views, which was fine. Just flow type sponsor? Like they just send you stuff? Yeah, but th okay. th then that was the weird people because I'd be like, no, nah, I got sponsored. Like I, I got sponsored. I got uh, given a free skateboard. But it was not like skateboarding where you're 
a sponsored skateboarder. I'm like a sponsored YouTuber. If that, like, I, yeah, I skate and I make videos, but they... So, they, so the, essentially, be, even before this was probably, a, like, a really known phrase, they sponsored you as an influencer. Right. And you Wait, were not what? a part of the team. Right. Not a not a roster skater. Yeah, but that didn't matter to 14-year-old me. I'm like, I'm fucking sponsored. Now, now, I'm a sponsored skater. Were these from actual skate brands? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. No. I mean, it was like... Um, it was, I mean, it was, they were brands, but not just like, what were they? Like, do you remember any of them that were, uh, yeah, there was STZ clothing, which was super dope guy. Um, I think he still runs the clothing company actually, but yeah, just STZ clothing. There was ADHD skateboards, but like 80, the number HD. Um, so yeah, not like big, well-known brands, but people that started companies that wanted recognition. Yeah. Um, and like they were super supportive of me, and that would always send me and boards. Did you get paid too, or was no, it? No, there was just, so just free yeah. gear, and that was plenty for me. You know yeah. what I mean? I get like I, it was I, I, childhood me. It was a dream to get free skateboards. So all of yeah. a sudden, I'm getting free skateboards. I'm like, I made it. My dreams come true. Now you started getting like crazy dope at skating, like dropping bangers. Mm -hmm. Like you, you fitted the other El Toro rail, didn't you? Uh, I 50 the the like the El Toro like normal the El Toro 20 because that was years ago before it was skate stopped. Oh, the the main El Toro yeah. you did 50. Yeah. Oh snaps for a YouTube vlog. Yeah. What? How, okay, I, but did, didn't you do the other one that's on the school too? Yeah, but that one was recent. That was like oh, okay, that, that was like a 21 stair, right? It's a 21. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, oh, crazy! Yeah. I didn't even know. Damn. And okay, so and then you kick flipped Wallenberg. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the Wallenberg kick flip was before. That was when I was still trying to make it as a skateboarder mm -hmm. that was when i still had dreams of becoming pro but i was also doing youtube so that was when i was like grinding skateboarding the hardest yeah that was actually the uh, the wallenberg kickflip was tied to the barracks somehow i think it was i don't know if it was pros versus joes or it's one of those submissions for yeah. battle of the barracks and um they liked my I, I i didn't get in they didn't accept my submission but they wanted to interview me as like a oh better luck next time type thing. Really? Yeah. So the the whole Wallenberg thing was I was meeting up with. So it wasn't part of that was a to showcase to see if you make it in. That was after you not getting in. Yeah. Oh crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but I was supposed to meet up with the barracks filmers at the time uh, in San Francisco and go out and film some street skating and just some behind the scenes of how was it you know, submitting for Battle of the Barracks. Like, you didn't get in, but how was it? Um, and <laughs> then... That's pretty funny. But, but, like, because of that, like, I was filming with legit Barracks filmers. Yeah, yeah. So I was going as hard as I possibly could. And they're like, do you want to go look at Wallenberg, like, just for fun? And I was like, yeah, I'll go look at it. And we get there, and I was like, okay, I'll kickflip it. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, really? And I, I went hard that trip, or that day. Um, and then, sure enough, like, a couple weeks later, that video posted on the Barracks, like, the, like the Barracks website, thebarracks.com. And I like I screenshot it. I posted on Instagram. I was yeah. like, I made it on the barracks. Yeah. How was that? Was that like a like a dream come true, dude? I I was the kid to DM the barracks whenever I was in LA, asking to come skate, and never. Where'd once. you grow up in? Santa Cruz. It's oh, like okay. Up north, yeah. Um, and like every weekend, I would make the drive. Like once I got my license, every weekend I would drive from Santa Cruz to LA for the weekend, sleep in my car on the streets, film as many YouTube videos as I can, and DM P-Rod, DM the barracks, DM as many pros as I could to see if I could skate with them. Wow. And no one ever replied. Nobody ever replied. No. <laughs> so how did you get in the uh, this barracks situation here with the kickflip on the Wallenberg? Was it you submitted and then they saw it? Yeah, so 
I forget if it was a YouTube submission or an Instagram submission or how it worked, but however it worked, Barracks DM'd me on Instagram. I wonder. I want to see. I want to go through my DMs with the Barracks. Um, But yeah, they they essentially DM'd me and said, hey, we'd like you to film this interview. Um, Can you go to San Francisco and meet up? And I was like, yeah, I can do. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. (laughs) Anything. So you weren't even in San Francisco at the time. They just told you to go up there. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And you took the drive. I, I would go, because San Francisco is pretty close to Santa yeah. Cruz, so I, I would go to San Francisco somewhat frequently just because it has amazing streets. You said block. you went hard that for that whole process. Mm-hmm. What Do you remember some other bangers you got? Yeah, there was that, that really famous kinked rail. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's a kinked rail? Yeah, it's a kinked rail. Um, I like 50-50'd it, 50-50 front 180, 50-50 front shove, all like super gross tricks, but I, I did a bunch of those. All the tricks that I do on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, look, I'm going through my barracks DMs now. Uh, Bro, if you could find like your first ones. Like, I, I found I a DM from January 2014. The post won't load. But it says, congrats on winning. That 50 is insane. I think the barracks had like a 50, like an Instagram 50-50 competition. Yeah. Um, and you win a pair of shoes. And I replied and I gave them my address and never got the shoes. Ever. <laughs> but then... <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And then I, I replied. This, this was eight months later. I replied and said, hey, I never got the shoes. And then barracks replied and said, what shoes? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> 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 oh, oh bro it's, it's hilarious damn i don't, I don't want to i don't want to put these on blast <laughs> but just re- read this oh man oh <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> you can't show anyone that but <laughs> that's so crazy i haven't looked through those dms in years bro yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's some, uh... That's funny. Yeah, there's some there's some gold in there. With all the dope stuff you were doing skateboarding, kickflipping the LA River, um, dropping bangers, El Toro, did any, like, major skate companies ever come approach you? Or Not really. The, the closest I got to being a, a real skater was, um, like, not tied to social media at all, was... Through my my shop sponsor, Santa Cruz Boardroom. Shout out Santa Cruz Boardroom. If you're ever in Santa Cruz, shop there. Best skate shop in fucking Santa Cruz. Um, was through them because like the the way that skateboarding works, or at least did work then, is you have you get a shop sponsor. Through the shop sponsor, you get flowed like shop flow, and then through there, maybe you get am and then pro. You know, like you you walk the ladder. Yeah. Um. So the first step was a shop sponsor, and that's how I got. I think it was New Balance first, and then... Bro, I'm still laughing at the white shoes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think I was getting flowed New Balances for a while, and then Adidas. And those those were the two. Those were, like, like the big, like, real brands, you know? And then I was getting... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Congrats on winning, man. Congrats on winning, man. What size shoe? And then I give him my size. <laughs> Eight months later, <laughs> hey, I never got the shoes. <laughs> what shoes, bro? I'm tearing, bro. I'm dying. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> but yeah, then I was getting boards from cliche and then from real. But like, I'm not getting the boards from them. I'm getting the boards from my shop sponsor. Right. You know. Um. 
So yeah, that that was. Oh, and then like NHS, so Crux, Richta, Mob. But it's all through my shop. I'm not on the team or anything like that. That that was the closest I got to making it in the skate industry. Yeah, it was weird that like for for a long time. I think up until more recently, for a long time, it's been like like known skate brands don't accept social media influencer skaters up until recently i think adidas was the first to make the the leap you know they like officially sponsored chris chan mm. this is probably like three years ago but that was kind of the first time that a, a big brand like a big right. well-known brand openly sponsored. is working with influencers mm-hmm. um and people got mad people got mad at first but i would say now like 2022 it's accepted if not well you know what the crazy thing is is that social media skaters and social media skate brands are selling more boards making more money doing bigger things than the traditional skate brands and i think that's that's part of the reason there's so much controversy and drama around it is because now you do have these core skate brands that are essentially like dwindling out because you have these new influencer brands that are taking over um and like i see both sides of it i am maybe like too forgiving of a person i like to call it open-minded but like if you're a business or a company your goal is to make money Mm -hmm. you can call that selfish you can call it greed whatever but like if you are a company your goal is to make money therefore as a company why wouldn't you do what works why don't you like why wouldn't you work with influencers why wouldn't you get your product out to more eyeballs um so it's like these companies these core companies that aren't doing that they're doing it to themselves like why don't they just like adapt or die same yeah. thing with youtube with social media you have to yeah i mean as I time goes on you need to adapt if you're actually working with talent right then who gives a fuck where they if they got big in just skate clips on uh, through skate shops or if they got through youtube or they got like, what, I, th- I, think, like I think if you're dope you're dope but i, I think that's where the line gets blurry because what if you're not dope but you have 5 million subscribers and all of a sudden you're getting shoes and paychecks from Nike. Like, is that sick or is that not sick? I mean, it's kind of, it's not super sick, but at the same time, there it's a commodity for that to, yeah. them to have that person. Like it, it's, that's been the case in every industry across all time. Yeah. Anytime that there's someone that has some value to bring and they fit somewhat of the vibe, like they're always get in. Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, you see this especially in music a lot of non-talented people are you know (laughs) at the top of the charts and getting all the you know like their labels are paying to put them on radio they're getting all these sponsors and all these you know big brand deals but they're not that dope yeah but that's that's true but they bring something to the table Um, you know so I think so long as like you really love skateboarding I fucks with you yeah if if you're trying to use skateboarding and you're not sincere about loving skateboarding then that's when i'm like i can't support like whoever it is but i don't really see that i see most of these people that are influencers that are skateboarding most of them like love skateboarding and to me i'm like that's dope i i also think that recently like recently within like a couple years skateboarding's gotten super gatekeepy yeah um whereas i like when i started skateboarding god that makes me feel old back when i started skateboarding i'm only 24 um but I don't know, like, when I was a kid, I, I would I would see skateboarders as, like, if you're a skateboarder, you're a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. You love skateboarding. Fuck everything else. Fuck team sports. Fuck all this. You're a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. That's how I envisioned skateboarding as a kid. And now, 
being my age now in skateboarding, it's like you post an Instagram clip and you're wearing the wrong shoes. People are like, oh, that'd be sick. Too bad he's wearing these shoes. They're like, oh, that'd be sick. Too bad he did a pressure flip. Those aren't cool. Like it, every, it feels so. I mean, granted, they're not. But, <laughs> no, I, not, I, not. I fuck with pressure flips. No, I'm just saying. I just say that because I, I can never do them. <laughs> I, I've never, I've, I've never been able to land a, tr- really? a pressure flip in my life. Yeah. No, but yeah, I think it's gotten weirdly gatekeepy um, to the point now where I like I just skate for fun. You know, yeah. and I, I don't want to make that my life, my profession anymore. Like, yeah, I'll post YouTube videos of skating, but I'm not going to go try Kickflip 50 El Toro for a video part. Yeah. For, you know, huck myself for no reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know why I got so gatekeepy. Maybe, maybe it's always been. It just took me until now to see it, but it yeah, feels I, I, super. I think it's, it's, there's always been a level to it, but it, like as you get more involved in the industry you start being around more of the 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 bigger players and stuff like that you start noticing it but i think it's kind of been like that for a long time because i I do remember when uh when i started like before i'd ever been to the barracks or anything but barracks would like repost my skate videos and that was like when i was peak youtuber you know what i mean i remember because when barracks posted me that was i was like my my whole life lit up i was like dude my childhood dreams coming true barracks is posting me um, and then I'd read the comments and like literally I, I have a screenshot on a phone somewhere. This was years and years and years ago, but there was a comment with like 800 thumbs up, meaning people agreed with it. And I was like, dude, this would be super sick if he wasn't a whack ass YouTuber. And I was like, I remember reading that comment How being like, stupid is that? Yeah. I remember reading that comment being like, like it hurt. Yeah. Cause I, I was like, I was like, I wanted to be a pro skateboarder and I'd see the barracks post me, but then all of a sudden I'd get shut down cause I made YouTube videos. And I was like, first of all, what the fuck does the fact that I make YouTube videos have to do with the fact that I skate? But that, that's besides the point. Um, so I remember that that bumming me out a lot. Um, yeah, there's no end to that story. It just made me sad. <laughs> I, I, yeah. just, I, I remember it vividly. No, no, no. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's like they discriminate. Yeah. They literally discriminate on people that create content. But it's like, if you're dope, you got skills, if you dropped an actual banger, like, that's a banger. Well, you, and you know what the weirdest thing is? Like... Outside of social media, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, if you're at a skate park and you see someone that sucks or you see someone that's good and they land a trick, you give them props. Yeah. Maybe it is just the whole anonymity on social media. Like it's the troll the shit. Yeah. yeah. It's just people want to be trolls and they can be they can get away with being trolls yeah. on social media. They ain't going to do that shit in the skate park. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Actually, but, that's not true. I did get my, my, my car keyed once because uh, I, was, I was YouTubing at a park. What? So someone keyed my car, yeah. What a hate! That's a hater, though. That, yeah, that, that's like a real hater. A, did you see it happen, or you just when you went back to your car? No, I, I didn't see it happen. I was at Lake Street Skate Park. Actually, no, there's been multiple times. I was uh, I remember skating. It was when I first moved to LA. Actually, still had dreams of becoming a pro skater, and like that's the path I wanted to go. And like YouTube was just for you know to make a living. Um, I was at, I moved by Hollenbeck Skate Park. I like lived out there. I was like five minutes from it. And I would skate there every day. I'd film YouTube videos there. Then one day I go to the park and the entire skate park is tagged up. Like the entire park, every ramp, every ledge, every obstacle with fuck Garrett Jenner. Garrett Jenner equals gentrification, like all over the skate park. And that like fucked me up inside. Bro, what I, 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 the hell? I, I like, I loved that park. It was like my local park. And like, I thought I was like having the time of my life, be like, you know, enjoying myself. And I get to the skate park and like that was there. And like that, that, sucks, that, that like that's still like I think about that to this day. Whereas like, because th- then it makes me think like, am I do- should I not be doing this? Am I doing something wrong? Am I being disrespectful? But I didn't think I- maybe I was. But I didn't, no, you were. I-, I didn't think like, I was. Unfortunately, there are just some people that are just shitty people yeah. that don't want to see other people do well. Yeah. And uh, like, yeah, that does fuck you up, and that does 
like that's hard to process and deal with. Yeah, like for, it's not for, just like oh I'll just ignore it. Like nah, damn man. Well, like, especially because it was my local and it was spray paint. So I I didn't go to that park for like a year, and then I, and then I, I moved away from from Boyle Heights, which I I loved living there. It was like it, it was that's like where my that's that was my first place I ever lived in L.A. You know, so I have so many memories there. But it was I felt like shut down, like I wasn't welcome. Did you ever have any beef with anybody no, at the park? Nothing? No, I, I don't have beef with anyone ever in my entire life. Like I I, I can't. I, I should probably. I would. Love, like, there's some people that deserve to have judgment towards them, but like I, I'm just super accepting. Like people make mistakes, dude. Fuck it. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, that sucks, bro. Because like I said earlier, like I've gone through my like douchebag YouTuber phase, so maybe I was. Because a lot of my old content is no longer on the internet. I privated it because it's like I was a douchebag, not even intentionally, but I was. So maybe do you, do you remember some of your douchebaggy stuff. I mean, it was just like everything. It was you give a seventeen-year-old twenty grand a month, and it's he's gonna turn into a douchebag. Yeah. Not even intentionally, but I would wear that like aviator glasses, big old long chain. I drove a purple Audi. Like if I was just douchebaggy. I mean, see to me like that's not douchebag. Douchebaggy to me is more character and behavior. If you're treating people like shit, or you're being a dick to people. Okay, I was never that. Um, but maybe what it was is that. You just, only, honestly, people are jealous. But That's all like, it was. Maybe it was just you see an internet persona, an internet personality. You don't know them personally, so you see this little, this young kid with big ass chains, big aviator glasses, driving his purple car around. Maybe you see that and you just assume. Like I would assume. Looking yeah. back at my old videos, I that's why I called me a douchebag. I was still a nice person in my opinion. I don't like that people can see someone doing well and maybe slightly being obnoxious to them like they, yeah. they find them obnoxious but that doesn't make someone a douchebag or that doesn't make someone like i mean maybe douchebag's yeah. the wrong word yeah. then. no no no. but I, I get what you're saying yeah but i'm saying I'm not, I'm not criticizing your assessment of yourself but i'm saying that like even how you just assess it and you saw yourself as like oh I, me being a douchebag is a lot of people think like that when they yeah. see someone that's like doing a little bit more well than they should be at whatever stage of life and it's like oh that's a little douche I'm, I'm saying that a lot of people probably do that, like, the way you just did to yourself. Oh, yeah. And I'm saying, like, that people, I think, need to step away from that. Like, stop. Like, judge people on their character. If Well, and, and most people do. And this is actually something that got me through a lot of YouTube comments is someone made a really, really, really good analogy. Because I, I talked about how, you know, I could get a thousand wonderful comments of people, you know, praising me for what I do. And then I get one hate comment. And out of the thousand positive comments, that one hate comment sticks with me. It destroys you. And it, it completely messes with me. And then someone had a really good point that said, if you buy something on Amazon and you like it, are you going to leave a review? Probably not. You just take your product, you use it, you accept it, you love it. If you receive something on Amazon and you don't like it, you're probably going to make a bad review because you're mad. Yeah. So it's like, out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that enjoy my content or enjoy me or, and then you know what I mean? They just enjoy it, move on with their lives. They don't yeah. feel the need to write a positive comment. But the one person that has an issue is way more likely to make it known that they have an issue. And after thinking of that analogy, because I buy stuff on Amazon all the time, I've never le le left a positive review. Yeah. Never left a negative one either. But I, I could definitely see how you'd be more inclined to, when you're unhappy, you voice it versus if you're happy you just move on to the cocksuckers that are talking shit there's no review needed like yeah you're, they're not buying something from you and being disappointed they don't need like if they don't like you they don't need to watch your stuff if they don't like you they don't need to tag up a skate park like S some people so, so, some people are just pieces of shit some people just thrive on negativity which is just a fact yeah and i think it's hard for me to understand that because i'm not that type of person yeah 
But I also think that if you are that type of person, that's just the way that your life is. Yeah. Like, you know. I think you've done a great job of being able to, like, as much as it sucked or destroyed you for days or however long, or even keeping you from a skate park for a year, like, you kept skating, you kept doing YouTube, you kept doing content, and you didn't let it fully destroy you. It, mm -hmm. it might have, like, destroyed you for a day or momentarily, yeah. but you've definitely been a person that continues, keeps grinding, and keeps moving forward, man. So I think, like, the great things that have came to you are well-deserved. Thank you. And I think, uh, I think there's a lot that not only do you entertain with, but also to inspire, especially with, like, having gone down a route that was uh, a little unhealthy for you, now being able to share that, being able to uh, explain, like, how those things can affect you and and be able to now kind of motivate and teach people to you know do better for themselves well yeah i also wouldn't wouldn't change anything at all because now i can look back on my, my douchebag phase um now i know what it's like to make 20 30 thousand dollars a month if i'm not making a tenth of that now but like all of those experiences that even if like i hate watching the videos of them each of those experiences has shaped me into who I am today. Yeah. So I've, I've learned like so, because if I was making twenty thirty thousand $30,000 a month continuously up until now, I'd, I don't even want to know who I'd be, you know? But going from that peak to getting humbled back down here makes me realize a whole, a whole bunch of things. Going, getting that skate park tagged up, fuck Garrett Jenner, Garrett Jenner equals gentrification. Like that taught me things, you know? Maybe I was being a douchebag or maybe people are just assholes. But all, like the entire journey up to here is definitely, I think, made me realize what i realize now which is where you know you don't need to chase views you you've done that you see where it got you but now you see that that's not where you want to go yeah you've been this person maybe that didn't work out for you so everything up until then has put me here which i'm pretty happy with where i am now yeah, <laughs> that's know? awesome man i continuously see you doing new things creating skating uh having fun and uh so much fun that you had a little get-together at your pad, <laughs> which was a blast. I was lit. And you had a mechanical bull. Oh, the mechanical bull. And you went in there and damn near broke your ribs. Mm -hmm. What the hell happened? So we had a housewarming party, yeah. but six months after I got the house, because uh, I lived with roommates, so we, it was like half housewarming party, half just like everyone in the house finally has a free day together. So we wanted to celebrate. Yeah. Because um, we hadn't in the entire time we've lived together. Um, so we're thinking about, you know, what to do and we could just have a party. And then I was like, well, what if we just had a party, but with a mechanical bull? Cause this is cool. You know, mechanical bulls are dope. Yeah. 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 So we get this mechanical bull. It arrives, uh, it arrives like two or three hours late. Well, I was on the phone with them, bro. Yeah, remember you, you were yelling at them for bro, days. I was, yeah. Cause you're like, they were late like twice on you Yeah. by the time I got there. Yeah. And then. I well, because first they said, like, it'll be there by 10 a.m., and the party started at noon or whatever. So I was like, okay, perfect. And then it's 11, still not there. It's 12, the party started, they're still not there. Then all of a sudden it's 3 p.m., they're still not there. The party is supposed to end at nighttime, then all of a sudden it's 5 p.m., and they're still not there. Um, so the bull finally gets there. So we have some, I have some pent-up anger and, like, sex, six tequila shots in me. Yeah, so sex? I had sex tequila, tequila shots, shots with my penis. Um... <laughs> No, but yeah, you know, we were we were feeling good, and I was, Bro, I was lit. I, I had fun. some I had some pent up anger from this bull taking so long. You're like, fuck this bull. So I was like, fuck this bull. I'm riding it on my feet. I'm gonna stand up on this thing. And uh, my friend Jack, who actually came up earlier in this conversation, he was the one that got me into YouTube. He was there. He flew out from from Florida for it, and I love that dude with all my heart. But never in a million years should I have trusted him to control that bull. Um, 
which I think with sketch they just give you the bull and they let anyone control it. Like I like they I think you have the option to hire an operator, but yeah. it, it costs extra obviously. So like no, we can handle it. Um, there's a big red button, a giant red button. The only instructions we were given is as soon as the person falls, push the red button because that'll prevent them the bull from swinging and, hit, and hitting them. So the second someone falls off the bull, you hit the red button. I remember someone would fall, push the button. Next person would fall, push the button. So then it was my turn, and obviously I can't push the button if I'm and riding you want, it. You wanted to surf the bull, like yeah, you were I, on your feet I, I riding ride the bull, yeah. standing up. Um, so I even I, there, there's a video of it, and I even I told Jack, who I don't know why I let him control to control it, but I told him I was like, okay, the second that I fall, push the red button. He's like, okay. And I was like, perfect. So I get on the bull, I'm riding, I'm spinning around, and then I fall off the bull. And that's when you're supposed to push the red button because the red button stops it. In the video, you can see him. Look, th this microphone is the button. Okay. His hands here. I'm spinning. He just puts both of his hands down. He's just watching. And his hands was nowhere near the red button. And uh, sure enough, I fall off the bull because the button wasn't pushed. The thing's swinging at max speed, by the way. Yeah, he, yeah. You you cranked it up. He, he, he no, he cranked it up. I right. didn't do shit. Yeah. Um, but he had it at max speed, and then I just fall, and the bull just goes, boom, right into so, my so, rib cage. Yeah, it spun, and then the the face of the bull yeah. cracked right into your ribs. I got the bull by the but, horns. No, you were supposed to, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was at my own party for about forty five minutes. And then spend the rest of the day at the emergency room. Yeah, I didn't even know what the <laughs> hell happened. I'm just like, I'm like, you know, lit. I'm like, yo, where's Gary, man? Where's Gary? Oh, he's at the hospital. Huh? <laughs> oh, and the, the worst part about all of that is that after that happened, uh, Jack had been filming a vlog for YouTube. And previously before the bull, he filmed me uh, shotgunning two Modellos. Or no, I don't even shotgun. I think I just chugged two Modellos. It was for, for like just B-roll of the video, you know? But then, of course... He cuts out the part of the bull, and he makes a social. He makes an Instagram video of me shotgunning two beers, and then him walking me to the hospital. And he posted it saying, "Damn, two Modellos really sending Gary to the hospital." And then for for days after that, I was getting comments be like, "Wow, you really can't handle two beers." And he yeah. put got like five hundred thousand views. So everyone thought that wow, I couldn't drink two beers. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then your ribs were jacked for like two months. Yeah, it was bad. Rib injuries suck. Yeah, you couldn't even like get up. And they said it wasn't broken, but you said you felt like it was broken. Oh uh, yeah, I've, I've broken ribs before, and it felt the exact same. It was like you can't cough you can't sneeze every deep breath you take it's like a sharp yeah. pain so it might have just been like a hairline fracture or something but yeah yeah, sucked. yeah, yeah. i saw the video after and it was rough <laughs> it bro. looked gnarly yeah. huh? it, it looked like you were dead that was the one the one good thing about it because that, that was filmed that, that it was filmed and then it looks bad because sometimes you'll skate and you'll get an injury but like it and hurts. doesn't look bad at all but, yeah, but it it looks, it's like yeah. it was the worst yeah yeah so at least this one looked this, like it. it looked bad yeah yeah, yeah but that, that was fun man that was a good time oh yeah i'm sure it was or I had fun. <laughs> yeah. Can't say the same for you. Yeah. But uh, what are you working on now? <sighs> That's a good question. Kind of, I think now what I'm working on is balancing everything. Um, so I've kind of been, you know, taking my main channel in the direction of purely for fun. I, I'm, I'm honestly treating my main channel as if it brings in no money. Because it doesn't. It brings in like 200 bucks a month as of now. Um, so it's like that is my completely 100% for fun channel which feels like a giant weight off my shoulders, not having to think of it as like, what do I got to post to get views? What do I got to post to get money? So main channel, AKA my skate channel is my, my fun channel. That's where I go out, film vlogs, go skate, do whatever. Um, gaming channel, I'm starting to go hard on. Um, that's like consistent uploads. I've been streaming on my gaming channel as well. Um, where, are you, where are you streaming at now? My gaming channel, YouTube. Okay. On yeah. YouTube. Okay. Um, so that's like my, my, my main so source you kind of, of not even Twitch as much anymore. More, more YouTube. More YouTube, yeah. 
And it's not like I'm not in contact with them or anything. It's just for fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, streaming on my gaming channel, posting videos on my gaming channel. That's like my job as of now. But it's like I'm making sure I don't get burnt out and I'm making sure I'm doing it for fun. I'm having fun with it. Um, and then as of right now, I'm streaming on caffeine. I do my IRL skateboarding streams. So like my gaming stuff is on my game. My like my gaming stuff is streamed on YouTube. My IRL skating is streamed on caffeine. In um, real life. In, by yeah. The way, oh for... yeah. IRL I, in real life. That's what that means. I'm trying to structure though because that's like my my job right now. So I'm structuring all of that into something that's manageable. To you know, still hang out with my girlfriend. We just got a new dog, so to put him through training and I don't know, live a normal life. Yeah. Um, and then. All of that on top of trying to pursue something else, whether it's uh, like a monetizable hobby or just a hobby, something that is just new. I, I love new things. Yeah. So I want to just branch out into something new, whether it's painting or anything. I just want to try something new. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. Sick, man. Where can people find you? Garrett Jenner on pretty much everything. That's on all my social media platforms. Uh, Snapchat is Garrett D. Jenner. I don't use Snapchat that much, though. Uh, and then Gary Jenner Gaming is just on YouTube. That's all my, my gaming stuff. Sick. That's where you can find me. Thanks for coming through. Of course. I'm still trying to hold back the last from like, what, what shoes? What shoes? <laughs> <laughs> it's like still in my head, bro. Yeah. Uh, but no, thanks for coming through, man. It was a great conversation. For sure. Thanks and, for having uh, me. I'm, I'm hyped for everything that you're doing. Thank you. I'm hyped for some new stuff that we're going to be working on together soon, too. And uh, the, yeah, the, man. The, the top secret project? Yes. The yeah. top secret project we can't tell anyone? Yeah. That, right. It'll be it'll be announced soon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, super excited for that, though. And we might have a mechanical bull. Oh, God. So be ready. <laughs> be ready. <laughs> Get out of here. Be ready. All right, man. Hey, well, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for coming through, Gary. Of Garrett. course. Thank you. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.